Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by the one, the only, the Kentucky resident, Mr. Tyler Edmonds. Tyler, we're talking about a Cubs win. Before yes, we get into we anything are. baseball, how yes. are you today, my friend? Man, uh, I'm good. I'm great. I woke up this morning still high from last night's win. Uh, riding <laughs> freaking gotta, high. Gotta be, gotta be careful with the wording there. <laughs> and so freaking just aesthetic. I was still rolling. I mean, wrote a little piece up last night reminiscing on what happened. And then just before the wife left for, left for work, she was like, hey, you want to go get sushi tonight? And I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I'm already I'm already stoked about that. And then, and then just to cap it off, man, today, today was just the freaking cherry on top, man. I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, my friend. Uh also quickly to your your point about your piece on tapsportsnet.com. Shameless plug, go check that out. Dude, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Like you said, I'm flying high. I'm, I'm feeling good. Last night's game, so fired. Oh, do it. Is he going to do it? Crack him, baby. That's a W. That's a victory beer right there. We love That's those That's a victory here. beer. We love those at, at Cubs on Tap. Victory beers are cool and tough. They just taste so much better. They really do. They really do. And Tyler, speaking of things that are just so much better, this Cubs win today. Like, they doubled down. Yesterday, like you said, right, it's such an emotional high. You're riding this roller coaster into this game today. It's not a normal turnaround, right? You don't have 24 hours between oh. first pitches. This was a quick turnaround. You had to get up again for another game, and you knew it was going to be a battle. This Brewers team is a pain in the ass. They are the epitome of that little brother team that always pisses you off. Yep. And the Cubs came out and gave a gutsy performance start to end yet again. Yet again, and come away with an absolutely massive victory. As Darren says here in the comments, woo, Cubs win, Cubs win. Uh, and Scott says the baseball gods are good. Absolutely they are. And we'll get to that here in a second. But, Tyler, we got to talk about probably the number one theme of these last two games, and it's the starting pitching. Yes. After a, an absolute gutsy, battle-tested performance from Justin Steele yesterday, the professor comes out and delivers – a beautiful lecture to the tune of six innings, no earned runs. That one run that he allowed was technically unearned four hits, just two walks and six K's, which is a, a bit yeah. of a higher number uh, for the professor than we're used to. Man. Oh man. Talk about Kyle Hendricks rising to the occasion Dude, today, Tyler. Electric. Like he today, today, like those pitches, he always, as we all know, he likes playing that game of like just Playing with the strike zone, just the edge of the strike zone. Every ball like appearing like it's it's gonna it's gonna be a strike and just just barely just falls right underneath it. And he was fooling guys today, fooling guys with his fastball, making guys just look stupid. But like you said, yeah, rose to the occasion. No runs. He had that one little well, no earned runs. He had that one little blooper there. Uh, Christian Yelich getting lucky, getting on second base for a you know stupid little error. But other than that, that man. Love to see it, especially at a time that we desperately needed it. And I'll do you one even further. Not just the starting pitching, other than other than Lighter Jr. today, the 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 bullpen has been fan freaking tastic. Julian Mer and we'll get to him, but Julian Merriweather looked awesome. He's a guy that I feel like maybe hasn't got the recognition that he deserves, but I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about him. But yeah, Kyle Hendricks rose to the occasion. 
loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. And I love that you brought up today the getting guys with the fastball, right? Because uh, I, I got to listen to a little bit of the press conference after the game with, with Kyle talking to the media, and they asked about that. And he he gave a very good answer on kind of what him and Miguel Amaya went through today in terms of, you know, changing the game plan and things like that. They said, they said first inning, Brewers were looking for that fastball first pitch. Like they were looking for it and they were jumping on him early. And he said, he is like, I, I, I've noticed a lot of teams try to do that to me this year. They'll try to jump on me early in that bat, especially with the, on the fastball. They try to get to it because they know if the changeup's coming, they're fucked. And what do they do? They come back. They make the adjustment after the first inning. And he said, he said, then we cruised because he started to get guys with the changeup, right? He made Willie Adamas look stupid a couple times just swinging through a few of the changeups. And then that set up the fastball, almost kind of what Jordan Wicks did, dare I say, on Saturday yeah. in Pittsburgh, where once he dialed in and let the changeup dictate the at-bat a little more, it allowed that fastball to play even better. We yeah. saw a 90-mile-per-hour looking K today. Yes, yes we did. And that yes, was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So uh, in agreement with you, man, I, it just what a freaking – a beauty of, of a, of a lecture by the professor today and Scott noting here, right? Because this win does lead to a, a series victory since the all-star break, the Cubs have 11 series wins, just two lost series. And that one tie, uh, the split against the white Sox being that one tie. So again, this Cubs team has been among the best in baseball since the, the turn into the second half here coming out of the break. But Tyler, let's get to the bullpen. I know you're excited to talk about these guys because this is two nights in a row now. Lighter, you know, lighter, lighter had a little bit of a hiccup today, you know, came in, only allowed one hit, but the two walks is really what killed him. Yeah. He ultimately was charged with that earned run um, that scored off of Alzale because of the the hit batter. Yeah. But like you said, man, Julian Merriweather has been sensational. Today lowers his ERA now to 330, goes an inning and a third, clean work, two Ks. Uh, and then Adbert also gives you an inning and a third today. Just the one walk, but outside of that, no damage done. And, and Adbert, although the blown save, uh, ultimately gets the win. That's his second win of the season. But I would I would be willing to bet you he would prefer uh, the save versus the win in this situation. It, it is what it is, but the Cubs got through it. And this bullpen, two days in a row, the same same trio. Again, outside of lighter, not having it with the splitter, not being able to get guys to chase on that splitter, especially. Yeah. A little bit of a rough day for him, but this this trio in the back of the bullpen right now, Tyler, looks exquisite. It's a, it's a three-headed monster. Uh, yeah, for the whole – so before – coming into today, for the month of August, Merriweather has a 2.13 ERA, and after today, <laughs> he ranks number one, number one this month in the NL in strikeout percentage. Just behind, I believe, Araldis Chapman. But number one in the NL. Love to see it. That guy's stuff has looked nasty ever since the All-Star break. He had a sequence a few games ago. It was a – it was a, I, I would compare him to, if you remember this guy, Josh Stalmont, a few years ago for the Royals that looked dirty. Yes. He had a sequence with – I want to say it was in the White Sox series. Three straight pitches. I don't even remember who he struck out, but, like, I remember seeing that just thinking, that dude – Merriweather is on another level right now. It just completely has changed. And, and not that he was bad in the first half, but this ha this second half has just locked 
in. And so, and like, I, I was wondering if maybe I noticed. So after Kyle Hendricks came out yesterday, it was Lighter Jr., then Merriweather, then then Alzale. Today it was. Wait, did I do that right? It was light. Yesterday it was Lighter Jr., Merriweather, and then Alzale. Today, right. Merriweather first. And yes. at first I was like, hmm. Last night he went this way, but the more I thought about it, it was like you know. A, that's a huge adjustment for hitters to make quick when you've got a guy in Kyle Hendricks throwing 90 miles an hour and then turn around and have Merriweather come in slinging. He hit, he hit, I, I want to say he maybe hit 100 once or a couple say, of times. He, his Such, fastball typically lives in the, around the 98, 99 range. Yeah. So I, so, and it obviously worked. I didn't have a problem with that. It just, it just got me thinking. I was like, hmm, I wonder if yesterday I didn't see, I didn't, I can't remember who exactly Lighter Jr. faced and Merriweather faced yesterday as far as the line as far as the brewers lineup and so i'm wondering if maybe today it was a different set of guys that merriweather started off with that way you know they're not seeing those guys back-to-back nights and it just showed what what ross did there like it, it worked it absolutely worked but yeah merriweather has been just electric lighter like you said kind of wasn't really fooling guys with that splitter today Alzale coming in with the bases loaded that's a tough thing to do i don't care he he's got 20 plus saves converted in a was it 20 plus in a row? Uh I think it might have been 20. Either in a way, row. it's or 21 in a, a row, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's a tough thing to do for a guy. I, I don't care if he's if he's been that electric. Bases loaded in that situation. And could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. I know in the past, Merriweather's or uh, Alzalay has has shown signs a couple of times where he can he can start off an inning giving up a hit or two and so it could have been a lot worse, but he worked his way out of it and shut things down in the ninth. And man, it like you said, this bullpen has just been a huge weapon, a huge reason why the Cubs are where they are right now. One hundred percent. And an interesting little statistic about Merriweather: he's given up twenty-two earned runs on the season. Eight of those have come against the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, five of those came in that first appearance of the season, mind you. Like That's he right. has actually been really good. He allowed a lot of runs early in the year. Yeah. Like, and if you if you take out that outing, I mean, I know you said earlier he, he's got a three plus ERA. You take out that outing, yeah, his numbers are completely different. Oh, 100. If you take out that five earned run outing against the Brewers at the beginning of the season, he has not given up more than two earned runs in any appearance this season outside of one time, and of course it was against Milwaukee where he gave up three earned. Outside of that, Merriweather has been nails. He's looked fantastic. I love the point you brought up with the different look in the lineup. I bet you that was exactly had to be what they were thinking was like, hey, this group of guys saw lighter yesterday. Let's let Merriweather trot out there, see them today, get lighter out there for a different set of guys. And, and those guys got to lighter. But yeah, and you know. know how that but and you know exactly how that goes because look at uh look at Christopher Morrell a few uh, what was it last week or two weeks ago against the White Sox. Yep. Saw their closer the first you know, that first game didn't do so hot. We know what happened the second game. So maybe that's maybe that's what Ross's thinking was right there. Yeah, and, and if that was the case, good thinking indeed. But like you said, man, th- this bullpen has been nails. But Tyler, I think there's a couple of things I've learned about the Cubs in these last two games. And I, we've seen it throughout the year, right? It's things that I think we kind of knew already. But this this really reassured me that my eyes weren't lying to me. 
this Cubs team might be the most gritty, gutsy Chicago Cubs team that I can remember in my lifetime. Truthfully, even even against you know compared to those 0708 teams, even compared to the you know the recent golden era, this is the grittiest team. They are never out of a baseball game. And some teams, even some former Cubs teams, with the Brewers getting the the tying run there in the eighth inning, would crumble. Yeah, not this Cubs team. They said, "All right, fuck it. We got to go out. We got to score another run. And it doesn't need to be pretty. We just need to go get another run." And what do they do? Exactly that. I think that's what Tyler. I was so impressed by today. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And it's it's like you talked about it. I listened. I listened this morning, like you talked about this morning on. Uh, was it sports sports zone Chicago? Yeah. Big shout out to Sean listen, Sierra. Listen, always letting me on. <laughs> I, I listened this morning. Yeah, I agree, man. Like I, I'm getting the vibes. It's like we talked about at the beginning of this season. Maybe it was in the off season about, oh, this team is going to give me 2015 vibes, and we were like kind of like, oh, okay, but how about we just call it 2023 vibes? I'll I'll back up a little bit. I'm getting those vibes, but in the sense that it's just a little different. Like this team, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's scrappy and they just, they might get punched, but they're they're They've been in so many games this year. I feel like I'm not worried. Like today it was tied when, when they tied the game. Yeah, it sucked, but it was like, you know what? I didn't, I never, I didn't feel like we were out of it. And there hasn't been many games, especially this second half. Yeah. Maybe the first game against Milwaukee this series, but like there hasn't been many games this this second half of the season for sure that I've felt like we've been completely out of. Agreed. And it's just man, I love I love I love this feeling. I love this feeling. It's like I said last night, it's October and August. It's October and August, baby. I oh yeah. Love it. And 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 that was also something too referring back to Kyle Hendricks presser from the end of today's game that he mentioned he was asked you know what is this atmosphere like for some of the guys that haven't been in those playoff situations, right? Because there are some guys on this team that have played in the playoffs. Obviously, Cody yeah. Bellinger is a World Series winner. Dansby Swanson's a World Series winner. Kyle Hendricks is a World Series winner and played a lot of meaningful playoff games in the course of his career as a Cub. You know, Jameson Tyone has sniffed a little bit of the playoffs, you know, those early years, right, with Pittsburgh yeah. when they Hap were a little bit. really good. Hap uh, uh, has gotten a, a little bit a little of a bit. taste. But overall, like this is a very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed team in terms of that playoff experience outside of a handful of guys. But these games, it's almost kind of giving you the playoff experience without giving you the playoff experience. Yeah. It gets you ready. It gets you ready for what that environment feels like. And every player they asked over the course of these last two nights, whether it was Steele, whether it was Nico, whether it was um, like today, whether it was Belly after the game or it was Kyle, all of them said, this felt like a playoff atmosphere, especially the last two games. Felt like a playoff atmosphere. And when you can get that kind of experience and get wins in those type of situations, it's only it's only beneficial for your ball club. And the offense got it done today. You know what? I, I said it on yesterday's show, and I will continue to back it up. Ian Happ is just fine. 27th double of the season day. Yeah. Drove in the first run. Dansby Swanson executing the sack fly perfectly. And then in the ninth. You, right, you, you get the little infield hit from Christopher Morrell. I loved that move by Ross. I think just because of his big playability in that situation, yeah. it, he was the perfect guy to have in there. And he's yeah. he's got good speed, and he showed it, right? He beats out yeah. an infield single. 
Talkman with the discipline takes the big walk. And you give Nico a chance. And for the first time in his career, executes a sack bunt and almost made it a damn yeah. infield single. Out really of the did. I mean, if it wasn't, you know, that guy, if he hesitates a half a fraction longer, it's Nico's safe loaded. at first yeah. and it's bases loaded. Oh, yeah. You know, and then Hap comes up in that situation and the ground ball is right to the second baseman. It looked like Morell might have stopped. I think if he goes for it, there's more of a play at the plate than there was. But Man, oh man, belly in that situation, just rocketing it and then beating it out. Again, this team hustles. This team's got grit. And you know what? I'm going to say it, right? Because I've, I feel like I, out of anybody on this show over the last four years, right? Because I'm, I'm the old man around here. I've been here for forever. It's me and Juice are the old men. But I've talked to numerous people and even just friends of mine, right? That are big Cubs fans that have said, man, is Ross really the guy? These last two games, tell me Ross is the guy. Also, number 250, congrats to David Ross. No, 250th win today um, as Cubs manager. Now that he has full control of the team, and it's not this bullshit, we got to play Trey Mancini yeah. because we need to give him trade value if we want to move him. The fact that now Ross can just say, I am playing my best Whatever it is on a daily basis, I will give him a little bit of shit because I still don't understand why Patrick Wisdom's in the lineup. I get it. The guy can hit home runs, but that's all he can do. Overall, has done an incredible job getting these guys to play hard, right? Like this team all season long, even when they were struggling, were still battling and giving it a good fight. And they were getting good pitching and they were getting – just good performances from guys that has a lot to do with the manager at the major league level. There's a little bit of strategy obviously involved, but from a managerial standpoint, a lot of it's culture. Look at the South side. Perfect example, right? There is no culture there. None. Complete opposite in that, in that Cubs clubhouse right now. And, and a lot of that, I have to give some kudos uh, to David Ross there. Tyler, before you answer back to that or add anything to that, just a couple quick comments here. Um, Darren, a little bit earlier in the show, talking about Jordan Wicks becoming a Hendricks shadow of sorts. Uh, I, I think we would all be for that. I think he could be better than Hendricks just because I think he has more of an arsenal, right? I, he throws more pitches. He gives you more yeah. different looks. I When it's on, Jordan Wicks might have a better changeup than Kyle Hendricks does. And that's hard to say because Kyle Hendricks' changeup is one of the best in baseball. But, like, Jordan Wicks' changeup is right up there with Kyle. Pretty nasty. It's it's gross. Like, when he throws it right, it's gross. Filmmaker12 here says, now if only we can get Tyone fixed. And he had one bad game. Go look at the numbers. And I'm not calling you out, Filmmaker12. Uh, this is just a general blanketed statement. Tyone has not been that bad really hasn't he's kind of figured it out since july now i want to see the july version of him more than the august version because in july he was really really good in august he's been good but he was really really good in july if we can get july tyone versus august tyone which is a little bit better and then as he says here get him back on track you got steel you got wicks you got tyone you got hendrix Assad's pitching his absolute mm. face off and on top of it marcus stroman threw long toss He's, he's going to be back. Yeah. It probably comes back midway through September, but you're probably going to get two or three starts potentially out of Marcus Stroman in big games down the stretch. Better better than zero. <laughs> better than zero indeed, especially if zero. he's fully healthy. 
I mean, that is such a wild card going into the playoffs, especially now that you know Jordan Wicks can get it done at the big league level. Do I expect him to go 5-1? What he can do against teams to help you get there. Uh, And then a little bit earlier uh, in reference to some of the things about Alzale, uh, Darren saying Alzale, 23 out of 24 chances. Um, I believe technically now it's 23 out of 25 because today was technically a blown save. It's hard when the guys get the win. Because you're like, well, wouldn't you get the save if you're still in the game? Yeah. Baseball scoring is weird. So it's technically 23 out of 25. Nonetheless, uh, I believe I believe this was correct. I think 19 in a row was what it was. Because July 4th against the Brewers, ironically, was his last blown save. And then he converted everything in between that stretch. So, um, And then Bernie with the comment, I think following up to Darren's, just saying, wow, because that, that is a hell of a stretch. I mean, he has the most saves in baseball since the All-Star breaks. And it's not a, a surprise as to why. But Tyler, I mean... I think the one other thing I want to discuss about this series, about today's game especially, too, I think this goes a little bit under the radar. Just because everybody's so excited, right? Yeah, that's a big win. Let's go two out of three, 100%, and completely validated. I, I'm right there with everybody. I'm uh, As soon as we get done with this show, I'm probably going to go run through the nearest wall. <laughs> but the fact that not only did the Cubs take care of business against the Brewers, not only did they take two of three, not only did they win two one-run games, they did it against Milwaukee's two best pitchers. Corbin Burns yesterday, Brandon Woodruff today. And I know Brandon Woodruff was hurt early in the season, but go look at his numbers. He don't look hurt right now. He ain't hurt. He's really good. He had a 265 ERA coming into this start today. And, I mean, he only gave up, what, two earned? So, technically, that went down. Yeah. You're two, they're two best pitchers. Tyler, it's not just, hey, the Cubs are going out there against Hauser and, you know, um, Suter of old, right? Obviously, he's not here anymore, but like they would trot him out every once in a while for a spot start and like, oh, he got two or three. That's great. No, no, no. You went out there and grinded out hard earned runs from Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and got two just balls of steel level performances from Justin Steele. And the professor today, this team is in, to your point, playoff mode. Because they have shown, not only can we beat the teams that are better than us, or the teams that are on our level, and they're going to have to do a lot more of that coming up here in the near future, and we'll talk a little bit more about that going into the weekend. Not only do you need to do that, Tyler, but they also did it against elite pitching. And that's what you're going to see in the playoffs. You're going to see teams' best pitchers in every series. Right. There is no, oh, we missed him, you know, on the calendar. Cool. We don't have to, we don't have to deal with this guy. They got it done against the two aces, the two horses of that pitching staff for the Brewers. And to me, that is kind of the gold sticky star that I hang on the Cubs at the end of this series. And I say, hey, you guys battled. The the starting pitching was great. The bullpen was great. Timely hitting was great. But you guys got it done against their two best starters. And to me, as a result, Tyler, and this is where I want to turn it back to you and get your thoughts. This series put the Brewers on notice that the Cubs are for real. They're not just taking advantage of a a, a shit schedule. They rise to the occasion. This Cubs team has played better against better competition all season long, right? They rise to the occasion. And they, they should be just a little bit nervous, at least, about the Cubs only being three back now. Because you've gained meaningful ground on them where they couldn't gain any ground on you with two out Mm -hmm. of three against them. Now you have an off day. The Brewers do too. 
And now you have an opportunity to hopefully put some some ground in between you and the Reds in the series coming in the standings coming up now. But to me, battling and defeating their two best starting pitchers might be in in my head one of the most understated, but needs to be one of the most appreciated aspects of this two out of three series win. You could argue you could argue that if the playoffs started today, Milwaukee in the National League. Based off who's who's on everybody's on who's on everybody's rotation, who's injured, who's not, all that kind of stuff. That Milwaukee has the best one-two combo as far as pitchers, and yeah, came into our house and beat them. Yeah, we only scored two, three runs, but that's all we needed. And yeah, like you said, put I think it does put the Brewers on notice because if we lose this game today, instead of being three games back, we're five games back. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the schedule, Milwaukee kind of has a cakewalk i don't i'd hate to jinx them i'd really hate to jinx them saying that but they kind of have a cakewalk this last month i think mm-hmm. to be honest looking at their schedule they play and this is crazy to say washington washington who's been one of the hottest teams since the sec since the all-star break they've got washington <laughs> really might be their <laughs> might be their toughest might be their toughest team until until the, that final series of the season so yeah for for chicago to come in to come in after coming off a Monday night loss that we could have set back after that and just been like, fuck, mm-hmm. what the, like could have easily done that, could have easily done that. And for them to, to just sack up these next two games, I know we've been saying it for the last few weeks, for the last few months, just sack up and and muster out a win. It wasn't the prettiest win. It wasn't, it wasn't a big – offensive juggernaut but let's be honest these games like this in the playoffs when you play these playoff caliber teams especially you know come september come october you're not going to see many and we're not going to see many like of these 10 to 1 10 to 1 games like you know when we play you know st louis or whoever but you know they're going to be these close one run two run ball games as far as you know that first inning that first inning might be the game right there as far as scoring so for them to come in and do that god like and like and last night was a perfect example scored one run one run in the first inning and that was it and that's all they needed and like you said it's just to be honest you have to give credit you have to give credit to david ross what's crazy he started what in 2020 Mm -hmm. 2020 and already got his 250th win. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive for a guy that we've sat here and yelled at and yelled at our screens forever as far as with the lineups and everything like that. But I think a part of that, and I, and I know you know, a part of that, especially this first half, he kind of had his hands tied. Yeah. You know, he's stuck in the situation with Mancini, with with Hosmer, and we're all sitting here yelling and screaming at him, come on, come on, what are they doing in the line? That, I mean, that, like that feels like a decade ago when you said yeah, Hosmer. It, Immediately yeah, my brain like, went, whoa, I forgot that who? was this year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so now that he's finally got the the freedom to to kind of mess with his lineup the, the way he wants to, it's worked mm-hmm. out. And to kind of bounce back on your point, and you made it this morning too about Ian Happ. Ian Happ, really, as far as last year, I asked a question. I asked a question earlier this year: Is twenty twenty two Ian Happ the best version of Ian Happ we're ever going to see? And it was kind of one of those things like, mm, maybe mm, I don't know, possibly. But like you said this morning, he really has been that same guy that he was last year. This year, I think this second half, what does he hit? Like nine home runs? 
Something like that. He's, he's something really like that. Like the power's gone back up. Now. He gets on base. He's not going to bat 300. Hell, nobody in the lineup other than Cody Bellinger, I don't think right now is batting three. Other than Belly's batting 300. But the guy gets on base. It's worked. I know I've I've been one of those guys raising my hands and what's Hap doing in the three hole? But you know what? It's worked. This second half, like our guy, uh, uh, Scott, like Scott said, 11 series wins this second half. It's obviously worked. And that goes back, maybe not all the credit, but a lot of that credit goes back to Ross. And it's great to see, especially at this time of the year, with September right around the corner. Yeah, and just just quickly to add to the, the Hap thing, I to your question, right, that you had asked, is 2022 the best version of Hap we're going to get? I think the 2023 version of Hap is just a different version of Ian Hap, right? Because yeah. last year he was a higher average. I think he hit what, like 270 or pretty close to that, Maybe somewhere like that. around 270. You know, had the the 42 doubles. You know, the power. I think he finished with 17 homers last year. Like, and he didn't walk as much, right? So, like OPS wise, the numbers were were there, but not there, right? Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, you looked at his OPS and you're like. That's decent. I don't hate it. It's not unreal, but like it's solid. I mean, he was a 782 OPS guy last year with a 271 average. This year, sure. Yes, we have seen less uh, in terms of the batting average, right? Batting 244 as of today. The slug is a little down, not by much. Little down, though. He was hitting, he, had, he slugged 440 last year, 419 so far this year. But his on base has gone up by damn near 20 points, 342 to 361 this year. He's getting on base 36% of the time. 780 is his OPS. He had a 782 at the end of last season. And on top of that, you know what's crazy, Tyler, when I'm looking at the two seasons back-to-back in Mm -hmm. comparison right now? Yeah. Listen to this. Last year in 158 games for the Cubs, Ian Happ scored 72 runs, had 42 doubles, Two triples, 17 homers, batted in 72 runs, walked 58 times, struck out 149 times, and stole nine bags, right? This year, in 130 games, 28 less games, almost 30 full less games, Ian Happ has scored 70 runs, has 27 doubles, four triples, 16 home runs, 65 RBIs. He's walked 83 times only 127 strikeouts and he's stolen 11 bags. 2022 might not have been the, the best version of Ian Happ we saw. It was just a different version of Ian Happ that we saw. And And I think that's where a lot of people got confused because we expected the 270 hitter that hits 42 doubles, not the guy who has kind of almost kind of done what I'm sure Ross and company wanted him to do, which was, Hey, become something that we don't have on this team. A guy that walks a lot, not a lot of them on the roster, right? Belly walks an okay amount, but Hap is by far and beyond the the highest walk guy on the team. You know, find, you know, give me some slug and give me the home runs, run a little more, but just get on base, baby. Why do we like Ian Hap? Straight out of money ball, baby, because he gets on base. Base. He, he, it's been crazy, but 
it's been it's been different. Darren brings a point up here about Ross. Uh, he says, don't stone me. We'll, we'll never stone anybody. You're always a friend of Cubs on tap if you join us in the comment section. And if you want to join us in the comment section, if you're watching along, perhaps on the old uh, what used to be Twitter. I love that when you get something from X, it says formerly Twitter. That makes me yeah. laugh. But from from the old X Twitter app, Zeth, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, if you're watching over there, you want to join the conversation just like Darren has. Go over to the YouTube on tap sports net. Subscribe, like, hit the little bell button. You'll know when we always go live and you can join us here in the comments just like Darren and Bernie and Scott and Filmmaker12 have on this show. He says, don't stone me. Maybe Ross's hands were tied. They 100% were. I I think that's a a guarantee at this point. He says, but first half season, there was a lot of managing boners in terms of batting order, relief pitchers, election, et cetera. I I think a lot of that did come from the front office, right? Yeah. It was a mix of both, right? Like, I think there was guys that Ross legitimately wanted to give a chance to. I, I really do. I believe that. But I, I do think there was a lot of whispering from Jed of, hey, we just spent $7 million on Trey Mancini. We need to generate some value for him. Play him. Hey, we we have literally no other better options right now at first base. Play, play Eric Hosmer, right? Hey, you know, we really don't have a choice. Play Patrick Wisdom every day, which for the month of April was fine. Patrick Wisdom was a hit around the planet in the month of April. And then he cooled off a little bit in May, and then he fell off a cliff going into June. 14 so, home runs. 14 home runs by the end of May. Yeah. And he's got, what, 21? Yeah. Yeah. So seven in three months. Yeah. Because, I mean, shit, the next time we talk about a, a baseball game on Cubs on Tap, it'll be September. So yep. um, th- that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on there. Tyler, I want to turn it over to you, though. Any final thoughts on the comments? Any final thoughts in general about this game? Because we got some, we got a little bit of – quote-unquote news to talk about before we get to the actual Reds preview? Well, it's like me and Juice talked about the other night. I believe it was Sunday. Hit the nail on the head. This series is going to be like a uh, like a breaking point for one of these teams. One team's going to go up. One team's going to go down. And after this series, there's still a lot of work to be done. There is a lot of work to be done, especially with the schedule we got coming up. But this series, it's just it's just got me so freaking excited for this next month, for hopefully October. It's just it had that vibe to it. You're watching it. The weather was perfect. It was like that folly weather, man. Football right around the corner, just like all of that combined. And it just smelled. It just had that smell of of just playoff baseball. And yeah, man, I just I I really I really like this team right now, Ron. I like it. I like it a lot. I'll just say that. I also like it. I mean, for where we are in the season, I think I can confidently lean back and say this is my second favorite Cubs team ever mm-hmm. in terms of just how much I've enjoyed watching the season. And I, I will say, by becoming a member of Cubs on Tap back in 2019, I've actually probably appreciated baseball a lot more than I did when I was growing yeah. up as a result of, of really being dialed in every single day. The 0708 teams were fun. Don't get me wrong. Those were like some of my earliest Cubs sure. fan memories. Um, you know, 0405, 06, 07, 08. Like those are that's like core memories for me as a Cubs fan. Obviously, the the 2015 through 20, you know, 19 run was fun. Those teams were great. The 2016 team is still my favorite team of all time, obviously, for given reasons. Yeah. But when I sit here and I kind of think about it, I say this 2023 team might be my second favorite Cubs team that I can legitimately remember. It they really be. might be. There's just something about this group that just, it it fires me up 
more than a lot of previous teams. And I think it is some of that grit, right? Because it's I played football. It's, it's almost like, know? I don't want to say misfits, but like, you but know, you know what I'm, yeah, it's got that, like, nobody believed in us kind of feel to it right they they people they were thrown together as yeah. oh dansby's the consolation dansby was the, the, the right. odd man out yeah. right he's the fourth best shortstop oh cody bellinger sucks he's not the mvp he used to be oh nico horner he's not that good ian hap's not that good say suzuki's a waste of money everybody got naysayed on this team yeah. coming into the season justin Steele's not an ace marcus stroman's no better than a third pitcher this bullpen has nobody worth a talking about in it. And all of them more or less just gave the, the, the metaphorical fuck you to the world and said, watch, watch what we can do. Watch this. I, 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 it's hard to, to argue that quick comment here from uh, Mr. Dave Snyder. He says very fine win today, lighter, bad game, almost blew it. Sure. Can't buy half as a three hitter. Still understood. Uh, not enough homers. He's got 16. I think that's like third best on the team. Um, not enough batting average. Belly is the three hitter. I see. I love, I love belly in that four spot. And then he says yeah. Candyman maybe in the four spot. I would still be open for seeing Candelario on the three spot if they needed to shake it up a little bit and just try something different. Yeah. Um, and, and Bernie agreeing with us. She loves this team as well. Um, Tyler, we have to talk before we get to the Reds here. At Let's least talk. just a little bit of, of, of goodies. The next time we're on a microphone, any of us, which could be Friday. I'm not saying it will be Friday, but it could be Friday. For sure will be Sunday. September, September call-ups happen on Friday and the waiver deadline is tomorrow. There is a lot of shit that could happen in the next 48 hours that makes this Cubs team look legitimately different on paper than they do right now. I want to ask you, and we'll start with waivers. Yeah. Do you think the Cubs a get anybody because remember they're they're further back in the waiver order. I think they're twentieth or something like that right now. Do you think they get anybody on waivers? And if they do, who do you hope they get on waivers? Like you said, it's going to be really really hard compared to because you've got as far as contending team, contenders in front of us. You've got Miami, which I don't think Miami's going to do anything. You've got Cincinnati, but Cincinnati hasn't been prone in the past to really spend any money, even if it is just. $2 million on, say, uh, Lucas Giolito. Uh, I'm not really sure who's in front. I know they've got a couple teams, though, actual contenders. And then you've also got dickhead teams that maybe just want to be like, well, uh, I don't want the, you know, I don't want Chicago getting it. So, hey, St. Louis, you know, they, they may throw in. Or, or you may have a team like the Guardians, who the Guardians in the past have been known to keep their pitchers on a pitch, like on an innings limit. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to need somebody to fill a, fill a role. Right. Maybe that happens. But with that being said, I really, I really hope they do. I really hope they do. And the one guy, the first guy that I'm, I'm really looking at, and you, you, you've already said him, Matt Moore. Mm. The, there hasn't really been a left handed presence in this bullpen for most of the season. I know Brandon Hughes here and there, but he's been hurt for a while. He's supposed to be coming back. He's throwing a bullpen, I think, or throwing live BB maybe tomorrow. Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley as your lefty, as your left-handed relief pitcher out of the bullpen. I don't know how much confidence and faith I have in that. Another guy, everybody's saying Lucas Giolito, but another guy that I'm looking at, and Carter Hawkins is familiar with him, is Mike Clevinger. Sure. The only thing about Clevinger is we know he had He's that a little scumbag. 
He's a he's a scumbag. Just so you may, can call it how it is, Tyler. And, it's and okay. the thing is, and see Carter Hawkins, obviously, he he probably already knows. He's probably either either he has or hasn't. He's already made that decision on whether or not he's even going to pick up the phone on a Clevenger. He's been very, very underrated this year. I hate to say that about a White Sox pitcher, but he has been very underrated. And Giolito, obviously, would be nice too. But uh, and maybe, maybe it's just maybe he's one of those guys in the, that's in that little situation, kind of like Lance 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 Lynn. It was. He's been in this crappy environment with the White Sox. He turned around with the Angels. hasn't really hasn't really panned out so far with the Angels. Maybe what he needs is what kind of Candelario got put onto a team that's contending. Maybe, maybe just that little spark right there. And if anything can just help eat innings for a Cubs rotation that may or may not get back. Marcus Stroman may or may not get any more production out of um, hell. I don't, I don't know who, as far as you've got a sod Wicks, obviously Wicks is going to take the fifth. He's, he's got that fifth spot right now until, you know, he just, doesn't anymore. I was gonna say he's um, got it until he doesn't. Yeah, he's got exactly. it till he doesn't. But still, at this time of the year, you've the more the merrier as far as when it comes to starting pitching. So if, if they could just add one of those guys, but yeah, as far as the top of my list, it would be Matt Moore for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, I I got to to chat with uh, with Sean Sierra about that a little bit this morning um, on um, SM mornings. Uh, as you noted the show, which I appreciate you listening along, buddy. Thanks for, uh, gotcha. thanks for, gotcha. for jumping on and, and uh, chatting it up, but you know, was asked this exact question, right. And, and Bernie says, it. she says more pitching. I agree. And that's exactly where my head was. I don't care about Hunter Renfro or Randall Gritchick. Uh, no. Plain and simple. I just don't care. Uh, they can go wherever the hell they want to go. Don't care. Uh, as long as it's not Milwaukee, that's yeah. all I care about. I don't think Milwaukee will bring back Renfro. They traded him away anyway. In the oh, and, and one more comment. Harrison Bader, stay the oh, yeah. fuck away from any team that we have on the remainder of the schedule. Yes. Yeah. Stay away. I want I want Harrison Bader to go to like the Toronto Blue Jays. Like just or get the him the Tigers. fuck out of just get him out of the country. Don't even let him stay yeah. in yeah. the NL Central yeah, yeah, yeah. or anywhere close. Just yeah. send him out of the country. Just get him yeah. to Canada and he'll be fine. But uh, you know, I look at all these guys, and I, I agree. Matt Moore, to me, is the top guy. 44 innings is, he's pitched this year, uh, 41 games in total. He's got 20 holds, 266 ERA. I mean, he's been really, really good. 49 punch-outs, just 12 walks. I mean, he has been sensational. Incredible. Raylo has been good since he got to, to Los Angeles. Ronaldo Lopez, I think, another yeah. former White Sox. Only 13 innings of work, but... 13 games, so he's been a one-inning guy. Four holds, he's converted two of three save opportunities as well for the Halos. 19 strikeouts, just eight walks, and a 277 ERA for him. I would probably prefer more and more because more and more because of the lefty, obviously. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in a complete agreement with you. I think Matt Moore ranks number one. But that's exactly what I brought up about <laughs> Bernie. Maybe the Rays will pick up Bader. I literally thought about saying the Rays too. I said the Blue Jays, but the first team that came to my brain was Tampa. I was like, just send them to Tampa. Who cares at this point? Send them down there. But I really wouldn't be mad about a Lucas Giolito ad. Just for depth sake, yeah. truthfully, if nothing else. He's a guy where if this team wanted to go like a six man rotation for two weeks to give steel an extra day of rest, yeah. Kyle, an extra day of rest, Assad, an extra day of rest. You could, right. I just don't think Giolito gets to them. 
quite frankly. Um, no, there's that's no way. just uh, to me. That. There's there's no way Giolito gets there, but. I agree with you about the Clevenger thing, right? I, I think the Cubs are in the best position to make a decision about Clevenger because Carter knows him inside and out, backwards and forwards, right? Because of their time together in Cleveland. I, I would prefer to probably stay away from him. But to your point, he has been sneaky good. He's made 18 starts for the White Sox this year. Carries a 332 ERA. He's just short of 100 innings, 97 and two-thirds. He's struck out 85. He's only walked 38. I mean, he's been solid. But, He's been solid, but and, and Carter knows mm-hmm. if if he thinks for just a second that it's going to affect this team's chemistry right now, I don't care what his ERA is. I don't care what what he's done this season. Just don't even don't even bother. Yeah, I agree. So, in my opinion, number one is I think we're in agreement. Matt Moore for sure uh, is is the agreement there. Um, I wouldn't be mad if they took a stab at Legilito. I just don't think he ends up getting there, truthfully. So um, Matt Moore would be a sweet addition, though. I, I would be super pumped if the Cubs are, end up getting Matt Moore and they add a lefty to the pen, um, especially with the, again, now the September call-ups roster expansion. You, you officially add more to the roster on Friday, and you don't even have to DFA or get rid of anybody because I think they have a couple of 40 man spots open too. So they wouldn't even really have to do much besides activate him at that point, unless they bring up too many guys, unless there are other September call-ups. Cause mind you, they also get the guy for Friday for the double header. So we might see probably some pitcher. I would imagine it's probably going to be Caleb Killian to start that second game against Cincy, but that, you know, you get them for one day at least. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but Tyler, let's assume the Cubs get Matt Moore or, or don't, right? You got two additional spots coming on Friday. Who do you think the Cubs are are giving that first look to hmm. as a part of September call-ups? Do we see him? <laughs> David tells you him? absolutely not, but do we? I mean, at this point, what – why not? Like, why not? If and if he and if he does, and we, I'm talking. We already know PCA. What's the worst that could happen? He, okay, maybe he doesn't hit in a series. Maybe he has a bet. That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to keep him in the lineup. You really don't. Maybe, maybe we see a Mervis. Maybe, maybe Mervis comes back up, and you know, it, it kind of felt like at the beginning of the season with Mervis. Mervis was in a situation where like. We were kind of hovering around 500, and it seemed like he was always trying to hit that five-run home run. You know, it mm-hmm. always seemed like he was just trying. And maybe now, now that the team's where it's at right now, maybe who knows? Maybe he's a little more relaxed. Maybe he comes up. We see him crush the ball. Wouldn't mind that at all. But PCA, why not? Why not? I think what didn't Nico Horner get called up a few years ago, like close to September, and kind of. Uh, Jumped off the page pretty quick. Yeah, that was a little bit of an interesting scenario because that was at the time when Addison Russell and Javi Baez okay. were both hurt, and they literally had no other options in, okay, in gotcha. the system. So they're like, hey, Nico Horner, we know you literally just got drafted last season, but uh, fuck it, we got to throw you in as a starting shortstop for and, uh, 10 and, games. And, and and I mean, like you said, he played very well. And PCA, and I have to give a shout-out to, I believe it's our guy, uh, Tyler, the other Tyler on the on – Tyler Smith? Yes, that did the interview with PCA. 
he's just got that he's got that mannerism he's got that calm mannerism about him like that almost like doesn't let the moment get too big to him you know mm-hmm. but he's also got like that that fu attitude like no matter where where i'm playing single a double a triple a major leagues let's just win let's just win the game so I wouldn't be. I, I'm not going to be upset if they call him up. I'm not going to be sitting there saying, "Oh, it's too early. It's too early. Whatever." But like, okay, if he comes up and doesn't and doesn't pan out right off the bat, not a big deal. It's really not a big deal because mm-hmm. it's not like in this situation right now. Like, we need PCA's bat and and arm and and glove in this in this lineup. It's not like we have to have him. Yeah. But at the same time, it would not. It, it would be just a nice little, a nice little jolt. A nice little, just especially for this last month, it'd just be a nice little boost to this team. I mean, and to be honest, I think the guys, I think the guys in the in the in the clubhouse right now would probably be pretty stoked about it. Yeah, I I am never against the idea of bringing him up. Obviously, the front office has a good idea if they think he's truly ready, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's played fairly well at Iowa. Yes, he's not jumping off the page. He's not hitting three hundred, whatever. But I mean, he was very good in Double A. To me, double A is a good indicator yeah, if you're going to be it is. or not. Like it, triple A is a lot of like four A guys, right? So yeah, yeah, maybe you won't pit you know play well against those guys because you're you're seeing shit you're probably not going to see at the major league level. That's why there is guys though that rake at triple A and then they come up to the big leagues and don't do anything. So yeah. again, wouldn't be upset about it. Referring back to the comment, not calling Dave out here. He had more to the comment that I want to bring up. He said, "Quit talking about the PCA hype." He says he ain't ready. 250 at, uh, um, at bats hasn't really done well. So includes some of the other names. He says young is having a great game or is, has been playing well, two homers, six ribbies in Iowa. I think that's even today that he's got those numbers. Uh, he says, maybe he gets the call better choice. 301 batting average. And then he also notes Mervis and Canario. I have seen enough of Jared young personally. Um, he's, he rakes at triple a, which is awesome. He comes up, he has like one really good week and then he falls yeah. off. Like, that's just what he's been. He's really hasn't batted better than like two twenty at the major league level. We don't need a first baseman quite frankly on the roster, unless he's coming up and is adding true, uh, the yeah. bats truly there. That's why I would not be mad about Mervis. I would also not be mad if they leave Mervis down yeah. because mind you, the Iowa Cubs are in a playoff chase. I think that's where I take kind of solidarity in saying like, you know, okay, it's totally fine. Like let PCA stay down, let Mervis play down because they're getting some of that same playoff chase experience that they would be getting with the Cubs. I want whoever's going to come up to actually either make an impact in the everyday lineup or be just like a true, Hey, he's a good bench bat. Like it's got to be one of those two things. It can't be in between. Like do not call PCA up or Mervis up and sit them on the bench five days out of the week. That entirely defeats the purpose of their development. So I completely agree. I I think with that part, with what Dave said, I think Canario would be awesome. My only fear is Canario hasn't played enough this year, but he's, he's hotter than a motherfucker right now down in Iowa. He looks good. That's a guy in terms of power that you put in the DH spot. That's something I could get behind. You really don't need him to play the outfield. Just let him DH every day. Let him bat seven or eight in the order and just hit tanks onto Waveland because he's got the power. I think that would be kind of fun to see. So I'm really intrigued to see. And then in terms of pitching, Tyler, because I think they're going to bring up one of each. Oh, they've got to. They've got to bring up a pitcher for sure. I kind of agree with Juice. 
Juice brought this up on our show. Um, I believe I believe he brought the show on, up on Sunday with you. And then I think we might have touched on it last night as well. Luke Little, I think, would be awesome to see come up in the pen. Big lefty. Big, big, big lefty. And he's pitched really well. I mean, he's been promoted. He went from, you know, high A to double A. He's in triple A. You know, that's a guy I would love to see. They'd have to add him to the 40 man. So there's, there's some complications probably there, but I think he would look really, really, really good. Um, I think he would be a lot of fun. You know, there's a couple of guys down there. My big thing in terms of the pitching, do not just bring up like Michael Rucker or don't just bring yeah, up, yeah. like bring up a guy that you want to see something from is, is kind of where I'm at. And you know what? You know what I wouldn't be mad about? Because he's getting – I think he's going to do a, a a rehab appearance tonight. Brad Boxberger would be fine. Yep. That would be an awesome addition to come back as your September call-up, right? He's healthy. He's got to be – he's coming soon, yeah. Yeah, if he looks like the Boxberger that people are used to seeing, that's a huge addition to the bullpen, even yep. if he's not a lefty. And, so and that's the same with Brandon Hughes. Yeah, so I, I think the perfect case scenario is your September call-up as a pitcher – is one of the guys just getting healthy, right? Like yeah. you said, a Brandon Hughes, uh, Michael a, Fulmer, a box former, a, a Michael Fulmer coming up back here in a little while, and then maybe you do go out and get a Matt Moore and add another established lefty who has shown he can be really good, and you can probably play around a lot with in that seventh, eighth, ninth role if a Mark Leiter is unavailable, if a Julian Merriweather is unavailable because they've pitched a lot. I think that's the best case scenario. And then bring up a bat that's either A, going to contribute every day in the lineup, or B, a, a guy that's going to just be a good bench bat. I think that's yeah. the way they have to operate about it. And hey, let's not forget, we just we actually kind of just got an addition to the bullpen from a guy that we called up just, just last week that we haven't even mentioned. I haven't even heard his name in the past three days since the Pittsburgh series, Keegan Thompson. Yeah, and Keegan, Keegan looked really good. Uh, coming in for Javier Assad on Sunday. He Looks like the Keegan of old, two innings of work, uh, or maybe actually it was like two and a third. I think he faced seven batters. I know no. he had five, two innings, five strikeouts. Yes, and I, I think he did technically face seven batters. I think he allowed yep. one hit. Yep. But otherwise was – Was filthy. Looked like Keegan. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, again, I mean, if this bullpen – is in the position they need to be going into this stretch run. I mean, that's going to be huge. Uh, Bernie says Mervis. Um, I don't know why Dave laughed at her, but Mervis is a possibility. Um, and then Darren said it bring, it'd be fun to bring up Horton for the extra guy Friday. It would be fun. It just won't happen. Um, actually, I know it won't happen because Tyler and I, ironically, were talking right before the show. I read him the Tennessee Smokies double-A lineup for tonight. Horton is on the bump tonight in – Kodak, Tennessee. So he is absolutely not going to pitch in, you know, two days, especially to start. But just really quick, I want to read off the lineup. Listen to how many top 30 prospect names are in this double A lineup right now. And Tyler, I know you heard this already. This is for the listeners. And this is just in order, right? Third base, BJ Murray, top 30 prospect. Shortstop, Matt Shaw, top seven prospect. Right field, Owen Casey, top three prospect. D.H., Hayden McGeary, now in the top 30 because all the dude does is hit. Second base, Andy Weber. He's been around the organization for a while. Pretty quality minor league player. Catching, Pablo Aliendo, a guy that Juice has raved about on this show. Saw a lot of him at, at South Bend. Left field, friend of the program, Cole Roeder. 
center field, Brad Beasley, first base, Nelson Maldonado, and then Cade Horton on the bump. I mean, talk about a top 30 just lined lineup for the Tennessee Smokies. So it would be fun to see Horton. It's not going to happen. I think the earliest you start to hear about Horton is probably next year. Kind of like what happened with Jordan Wicks. I think very similar timeline for, for a guy like Cade Horton, where maybe you see him next year late. If not, for sure, kind of going into 2025 is when you'll see him. Tyler, now that we've put uh, the the news to bed, at least with September call-ups, given some thoughts and opinions, um, let, let's, let's talk a little bit here about the upcoming series uh, because, Tyler, we've got – Four games in three days against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the first game, the pitching lineup is in order. Uh, we do know who will be going. It will be Jordan Wicks in game one. I believe it's a noon start central time. Thank you. The lefty, 1-0 as we know, 180 ERA, the 9Ks from his debut. He will be going against Graham Ashcraft, maybe one of the best names in baseball, admittedly. Uh, the right-hander, 7-8 on the year with a 473 ERA. Uh, the second game is currently our two favorite starters. It's TBD versus TBD. So we'll see there. I'm betting it's Caleb Killian that we yep. see come up and start that game. That's just – if I had to put – Five bucks on it. It's Caleb Killian. Caleb Killian. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, we will get a dose of Javier Assad once again. Good pitching matchup. It's Javier Assad against Andrew Abbott. I think it's Andrew Abbott. Let me double check that so I don't sound like a total asshole. Yes, it is Andrew Abbott. Um, Andrew Abbott, who's arguably the ace of this Reds team. Uh, so we'll see him on Saturday. That is a 6 o'clock start, 5.40 start local time. Um, and then 11.10 start on Sunday. It's Tyone versus Williamson, um, righty versus lefty, respectively, uh, for both teams. Tyler, what do they need to do? Four games in three days is a lot of baseball. How do they take this series from the Reds? Ron, you know, I don't like Cincinnati. I'm, oh, I'm just, I, I, just, I just don't, I don't, but on that note, on that point, the key to this game is simple. You just, you just score a shitload of runs at that launching pad. That is Cincinnati. That's what you do. That's what you got to do. And expect just to kick off the month of September. Why not? It's not, it wouldn't be the first time we beat the shit out of the Reds. Hell, it wouldn't be the second time we beat the shit out of the Reds. So yeah, just hit the freaking ball. Hit the ball. You know, Wicks is going to be there. Assad's going to shove. Hopefully, Tyon bounces back. Most of these pitchers on this, and I, I say this, and knock on wood, because in the past we faced pitchers, and you know, with with big fat ERAs, and we've seen how it's gone. Crush the freaking ball. Just crush the freaking ball. I think that's what they need to do. And if they do that. I think it's going to be four easy wins. Shit, I sure hope so. Pedal to the metal. Uh, I agree completely there. That will sum that up. Uh, quickly to two comments here before my last question for you, Tyler. Uh, Dave says, overlooked Wyndham as a catcher. I just don't see them bringing up a third catcher this late in the season. There's no chemistry there. Too hard. Uh, but a, a 301 batting average, agreed. Uh, I think maybe next year that's a guy that we see kind of battling for a spot. Um also a switch hitter. And then he also brings up Jake Slaughter, 245 batting average, but the 22 homers, 833 OPS, the slug is there. So again, another guy that if they wanted to get that slug, they absolutely could bring up. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Darren asks, how has Shaw been looking at shortstop defensively? Uh, according to Juice, he's looked good. Um, that's all I've got. Obviously, that's high A ball, so that might not translate necessarily to major leagues, but um, 
he Shaw's looked good and he's played shortstop now at, at both high A and double A. So they clearly feel something is there with him being able to play short. Um, and, uh, and Bernie says, hopefully happy to do well in Cincinnati. Tyler fly the W pick for this coming series. <laughs> I mean, this is basically, I'm just going to say this death in life. There's three guarantees. <laughs> there's three guarantees. Bernie may have, our, our girl Bernie here may have just, just, reassured it there's death there's taxes and there's ian hap spanking that ass in cincinnati crushing <laughs> the ball ian hap is the answer see a hundred percent a hundred percent i'm also this i typically yeah. don't like going with the same player that a, a co-host does but this time i yeah. have to because as joey has brought up it is not cincinnati it is ian cincinnati and Ian Happ owns – there's two cities in America that are not Chicago where Ian Happ thrives. It's his hometown of Pittsburgh, and it's his college town of Cincinnati. And if he's in one of those two, those two cities, son of a bitch, you can mark him for a good series because he's going to yep. hit. I'm also going to take Ian Happ as my fly W pick. They need him to come through and have a big series against the Reds. Tyler, uh, before we go ahead and fully put a bow on this thing, I want to remind everybody Cubs on tap is one of two. Official shows here at the ONTAP Sports Network covering the Chicago Cubs. Be sure to follow our friends over at the Dingers podcast at Dinger Cubs on social media. They are live every Monday night. They did a great job this past Monday. And that show, I've listened to most of it. It was fantastic as always. Good comedy, good information, and so forth. Jake Bunowski wrote his first article as well, um, actually talking about the waivers that we were talking on today's show. So be sure to go read that at ONTAPSportsNet.com as well. As always, follow them at Dinger Cubs. Follow us at Cubbies on Tap on social media. I am at Loose on Tap at Teddy Freddy 270. And follow the other guys in the gang as well at Juice on Tap, at Nick underscore on Tap, at Joey Knows Nothing, at Bulls Guy Rob. And you guys know the drill. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. We got it all. Bears was live yesterday. 53-man rosters submitted. Football season's fucking back, baby. We're excited about that. The other fall sports, not too far behind either, so be sure to check in with Bulls on Tap and the Four Feathers podcast. Um, and you know the drill, guys. You got friends that like the shitbag Southsiders. We got friends that like the shitbag Southsiders. But let your friends and our friends be friends and talk about the Sox. Hey, they got a win today, so they get some victory beers on a, on a Wednesday. Um, they beat the Orioles, too, though. I don't know what it is about that team being able to beat the best in the league, and then they can't beat the fucking dog shit teams. It makes no sense. Nonetheless, send your friends our friends over at Sox and Tap. They do a great job. They should be live as well today um, doing their series recap of this Baltimore series. As always, Cubs fans, on tapsportsnet.com, at on tap sportsnet on social media, on tap sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Thank you, Darren. He says, Great show, guys. Bernie says, Thank you, and go Cubs. Tyler, what do you say, buddy? We get out of here. The only way we know how you got a, you got a promo oh, for me, Ron. I've, I've got, a, I'm going to get sushi, and tonight there's a blue moon. Literally, there's a blue moon tonight, but oh, oh, baby. Let me talk to you. St. Louis, fuck, fuck the Cardinals. You guys are useless. You guys are pointless, whatever. I'm talking to you, Cincinnati. I'm talking to you, Milwaukee, mainly Cincinnati right now. Ron, I've been to the top of Mount Everest, and I've been to the bottom of the Pacific, Pacific Ocean. I've wrestled Godzilla. Hell, I looked at Darth Vader in the face last weekend and told him I wasn't scared of him. But the gumption, 
the gumption and the fortitude that this team has shown the last two days. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. You don't want that. This weekend, this weekend, we turned Cincinnati. We're going to Cincinnati to play top golf because that's what it's going to be. We're turning your park into a damn driving range. A driving range, Ron. And on that note, that note, Reds, Reds fans, fuck the Reds. Fuck them. We're taking four. Four in Cincy. Four. Oh, I love it. Classic as always. FTR, FTC, FTB. All of them. And let's go Cubbies, baby.